Okay. Okay. Mr. Services podcast coming through. Ooh, this student-created song is, is as metal as it gets, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are going to be having a special guest read from uh, John Steinbeck's famous novel, Grapes of Wrath. That comes from the song, um, uh, Mine Eyes Have Seen the Glory of the Coming of the Lord. He is tramping out the vineyards where the grapes of wrath are stored. Uh, but the grapes in this case are literal because it's a bunch of Okies getting their home bombed by dust cyclones. And they have to go all the way out to what was called the Sugar Bowl or what they thought was the Sugar Bowl at the time uh, for work in California. But they ended up just finding more suffering and oppression and exploitation. And that's very much um, what Steinbeck, John Steinbeck, has always been kind of interested in. So we're going to read a little bit from that. Um, we are going to uh, just do a quick interview with our guest. So my first question to the guest is, uh, how are you doing today? The past had been spoiled. I understand that that things aren't going well. The past has been spoiled. That's that's awful to hear. Um, but I, I imagine you're kind of hopeless. Could you tell me a little bit about what what gives you hope in in uh, in this world of ours? Any place. Any-, any place. I love that positivity. Yes, indeed. Uh, do you have any departing wisdom you want to leave with us? For water. That- yep, water is absolutely uh, crucial. Crucial. So without further ado, students, this is from The Grapes of Wrath um, by John Steinbeck. Um, And uh, let's let's sit back and enjoy it on Mr. Surface's podcast. Let's do it. From The Grapes of Wrath by John Steinbeck. Novel excerpt. Background. During the Great Depression, a severe drought in Oklahoma caused massive dust storms that blew away topsoil and destroyed farmland. Devastated farming families had no choice but to sell all their belongings and to leave. This is the situation faced by the Jode family in John Steinbeck's novel, The Grapes of Wrath. In this excerpt, the narrator describes the aftermath of the devastating drought. About the author. Few writers portray more vividly than John Steinbeck, born 1902, died 1968 what it was like to live through the Great Depression of the 1930s. His stories and novels capture the poverty, desperation, and social injustice experienced by many working-class Americans during this bleak period. While many of his characters suffer tragic fates, they almost always exhibit bravery and dignity in their struggles. From The Grapes of Wrath by John Steinbeck In the little houses, the tenant people sifted their belongings and the belongings of their fathers and of their grandfathers, picked over their possessions for the journey to the West. The men were ruthless because the past had been spoiled, but the women knew how the past would cry to them in the coming days. The men went into the barns and the sheds. That plow, that harrow, remember in the war we planted mustard? Remember a fellow wanted us to put in that rubber bush they call Waiuli? Get rich, he said. Bring out those tools. Get a few dollars for them. Eighteen dollars for that plow, plus freight, Sears Roebuck. Harness, carts, cedars, little bundles of hose. Bring them out. Pile them up. Load them in the wagon. Take them to town. Sell them for what you can get. Sell the team and the wagon, too. No more use for anything. 
Fifty cents isn't enough to get for a good plow. That cedar cost thirty-eight dollars. Two dollars isn't enough. Can't haul it all back. Well, take it, and a bitterness with it. Take the well pump and the harness. Take halters, collars, hames, and tugs. Take the little glass brow band jewels, roses red under glass. Got those for the bay gelding. Remember how he lifted his feet when he trotted? Junk piled up in a yard. Can't sell a hand plow anymore. Fifty cents for the weight of the metal. Discs and tractors—that's the stuff now. Well, take it, all junk, and give me five dollars. You're not buying only junk. You're buying junked lives, and more. You'll see. You're buying bitterness. Buying a plow to plow your own children under. Buying the arms and spirits that might have saved you. Five dollars, not four. I can't haul 'em back. Well, take 'em for four. But I warn you, you're buying what will plow your own children under, and you won't see. You can't see. Take 'em for four. Now, what'll you give for the team and wagon? Those fine bays, matched they are, matched in color, matched the way they walk, stride to stride, in the stiff pull, straining hams and buttocks, split second timed together, and in the morning, the light on them, bay light. They look over the fence, sniffing for us, and the stiff ears swivel to hear us, and the black forelocks. I've got a girl. She likes to braid the manes and forelocks, puts little red bows on them. Likes to do it. Not anymore. I could tell you a funny story about that girl in that off bay. Would make you laugh. Off horses eight, near as ten, but might have been twin colts the way they work together. See, the teeth sound all over, deep lungs, feet fair and clean. How much? Ten dollars for both. And the wagon? I'd shoot 'em for dog feet first. Oh, take 'em, take 'em quick, Mister. You're buying a little girl plaiting the forelocks, taking off her hair ribbon to make bows, standing back, head cocked, rubbing the soft noses with her cheek. You're buying years of work, toil in the sun. You're buying a sorrow that can't talk. But watch it, Mister. There's a premium goes with this pile of junk and the bay horses. So beautiful, a packet of bitterness to grow in your house and to flower some day. We could have saved you, but you cut us down, and soon you will be cut down, and there'll be none of us to save you. And the tenant men came walking back, hands in their pockets, hats pulled down. Some bought a pint and drank it fast to make the impact hard and stunning, but they didn't laugh and they didn't dance. They didn't sing or pick the guitars. They walked back to the farms, hands in pockets and heads down, shoes kicking the red dust up. Maybe we can start again in the new rich land in California, where the fruit grows. We'll start over, but you can't start. Only a baby can start. You and me, why? We're all that's been. The anger of a moment, the thousand pictures—that's us. This land, this red land, is us. And the flood years, and the dust years, and the drought years are us. We can't start again. The bitterness we sold to the junk man, he got it all right. But we have it still. And when the owner man told us to go, that's us. And when the tractor hit the house, that's us until we're dead. 
to California or any place. Everyone a drum major leading a parade of hurts, marching with our bitterness. And someday, the armies of bitterness will all be going the same way. And they'll all walk together, and there'll be a dead terror from it. The tenant men scuffed home to the farms through the red dust. When everything that could be sold was sold, stoves and bedsteads, chairs and tables, little corner cupboards, tubs and tanks, still there were piles of possessions, and the women sat among them, turning them over and looking off beyond and back, pictures, square glasses, and here's a vase. Now you know well what we can take and what we can't. We'll be camping out. A few pots to cook and wash in, and mattresses and comforts, lantern and buckets, and a piece of canvas. Use that for a tent. This kerosene can. Know what that is? That's the stove. And clothes? Take all the clothes. And the rifle? Wouldn't go out naked of a rifle. When shoes and clothes and food, when even hope is gone, we'll have the rifle. When Grandpa came, did I tell you? He had pepper and salt and a rifle. Nothing else. That goes. And a bottle for water. That just about fills us. Right up the sides of the trailer. And the kids can set in the trailer. And Grandma on a mattress. Tools, a shovel and saw and wrench and pliers. An axe, too. We had that axe 40 years. Look how she's worn down. And ropes, of course. The rest? Leave it or burn it up. And the children came. If Mary takes that doll, that dirty rag doll, I got to take my Indian bow. I got to. And this round stick, big as me. I might need this stick. I had this stick so long, a month, or maybe a year, I got to take it. And what's it like in California? The women sat among the doomed things, turning them over and looking past them and back. This book. My father had it. He liked a book. Pilgrim's Progress. Used to read it. Got his name in it. And his pipe. Still smells rank. And this picture. An angel. I looked at that before the fuss three come. Didn't seem to do much good. Think we could get this China dog in? Aunt Sadie brought her from the St. Louis Fair. See? Wrote right on it. No, I guess not. Here's a letter my brother wrote the day before he died. Here's an old-time hat. These feathers never got to use them. No, there isn't room. How can we live without our lives? How will we know it's us without our past? No, leave it. Burn it. They sat and looked at it and burned it into their memories. How will it be not to know what lands outside the door? How if you wake up in the night and know, and know the willow tree's not there? Can you live without the willow tree? Well, no, you can't. The willow tree is you. The pain on that mattress there, that dreadful pain, that's you. And the children. If Sam takes his Indian bow and his long round stick, I get to take two things. I choose the fluffy pillow. That's mine. Suddenly, they were nervous. Got to get out quick now. Can't wait. We can't wait. And they piled up the goods in the yard and set fire to them. They stood and watched them burning. And then frantically, they loaded up the cars and drove away. Drove in the dust. The dust hung in the air for a long time after the loaded cars had passed.
that's the end. Woo! All right, it went pretty fast and furious, so you'll definitely want to make sure you give it a second listen. We're thinking about theme. We're thinking about the lesson that comes with it. With it. We're thinking about, all right, especially those questions towards the end. They ask those questions towards the end, and they really kind of signal to you what some of the bigger ideas in the text are. And, of course, they develop them by talking about all the different items that the, the families are having to sacrifice and give up uh, because of the, uh, the Dust Bowl, because of their homes being destroyed by dust. All right, let's get into it.